Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 248 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 2 Corinthians chapter 11 today and our focus is on Satan disguised as an angel of light plus the qualifications of a great spiritual leader. So every day we try to spend about 10 minutes, although it usually ends up being about 12 or 13 minutes, discussing the Word of God chapter by chapter. As you know, five days a week we're in the New Testament, and twice a week we are in the Old Testament, currently going through the book of Psalms. I do want to point you to our website, Bible2021.com, Bible2021.com. Our goal is to get as many people as possible engaged in daily Bible listening, understanding, and following. So what makes for a great spiritual leader? Strong speaking ability, the kind of charisma and presence that people want to follow, uh, bulging biceps, a great beard, and the ability to speak interesting messages in an excellent and creative way, strong fundraising ability, excellent management and CEO skills. Well, I think some of those are definitely an asset for a spiritual leader, but we see in 2 Corinthians 11 what Paul considers his qualifications for leadership, and they are far away from what many of us might expect. Starting in verse 24, he says, Five times I received the forty lashes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in the open sea. On frequent journeys I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers, toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, and without clothing, not to mention other things. There is the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches, who is weak and I'm not weak, who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation. Well, the hat passage from 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 29 shows the heart of a real, mature, and powerful spiritual leader. Paul suffered greatly for the mission of Jesus, spreading the gospel through strong troubles and trials, and it is this that he points to when he's telling the Corinthians that he is a legit messenger of Jesus. Sometimes the greater the sufferings and trials endured, the greater the saint. What man esteems and looks to as important may not always be the same as what God esteems and looks to as important. Well, second topic, Satan as an angel of light. As near as I can tell, this is one of only two passages that I I can recall in which Satan is somehow compared or associated with angels. Here's what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 11.13, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Well, here's the other passage. It's in Revelation 12.7-9. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon which is Satan, and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out. The ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole the whole world, he was thrown to earth and his angels with him. So Satan does have angels, and Satan disguises himself as an angel, but is Satan a fallen angel? Well, 
That depends on how we define angel. Ezekiel 28 seems to be a description of the fall of Satan from heaven, as we have discussed before. If that is accurate, and I believe it is, then we see Satan described as a cherub in verse 14, which says, You are an anointed guardian cherub, for I had appointed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. So are cherubim angels? That's a great question, and the answer is not directly found in the Bible. However, the word cherub does appear in one form or another about 70 times in the Bible, and I can find no connection between cherubim and angels, at least no direct and obvious connection. Angels, for instance, are never directly described as winged creatures, but cherubim and seraphim are. Angels are often described as having a very human-like appearance, but cherubim are described with some human features and some animal features features, given that the living creatures in Revelation appear to be cherubim. That said, the fact is that the Bible never really tells us exactly what an angel, cherubim, or seraphim are. It could be that they are all, all you know, various kinds of angels with different names and features, and it could be that they are all different kinds of heavenly creatures, which is actually my best guess. Of greater importance than the mere taxonomy of heavenly creatures is the fact that Satan is a disguiser, like a secret agent of sorts, and he pretends to be a good guy, like an ultimate good guy, an angel of light. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, when I think about that, I am reminded of the origin story of the Latter-day Saints, or the Mormons, uh, how they tell of the angel Moroni who brought Joseph Smith new revelation and added scripture to the Bible on some uh, gold plates that either never existed or were lost. Now, could this Moroni be some sort of manifestation of the devil disguised in as an angel of light? Well, it's certainly a possibility, especially given that Moroni gave Smith a gospel and truth that was different in many ways than the truth of the New Testament, which is a great spiritual danger considering what the Apostle Paul said about receiving different truth from an angel in Galatians 1, 6-9. He writes, I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there's another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we've said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel current contrary to what you have received, a curse be on him. That's Galatians 1, 6 through 9. So that's pretty, that's pretty darn significant, right? If somebody brings a different good news, a different way of salvation, a different truth, even if it is an angel, then according to the Apostle Paul, that one is accursed. And that seems exactly like something Satan would do. So what does all this have to do with the false teachers or false apostles that Paul was wrestling against in Corinth? Well, here's Dr. Sam Storms with a great answer to that question and a warning to us about the dangers of false teachers. He says, these men in 2 Corinthians 11 claim to be genuine apostles, men who serve Christ and are deserving of the authority which that exalted office entails. But Paul labels them false apostles. Imposters, intruders, interlopers who consciously serve themselves and unwittingly do the devil's dirty work. They were false for reasons already articulated in Second Corinthians. They preached another Jesus in a different spirit in a gospel different from the one Paul proclaimed 
in chapter 11, verse 4. They're false because they failed in every respect to reflect the character of Christ. They're false because they employed cunning and deceit to achieve their goals. They're false because Christ did not commission them as he had Paul. They are false because they did not serve God's people but oppressed and abused them. They're false because they diluted the truth and peddled the good news for personal gain. They're false because they trespassed on foreign ground where Paul had been assigned to minister. And they are false because as deceitful workmen, they misrepresented themselves as well as their motivation and goals and ultimately worked to lead people away from the truth of the sufficiency of righteousness through faith in Christ alone. The presence of such false apostles is dangerous and disappointing, but it's not a surprise. Satan whose ministers they belong to, whether they realize it or not, regularly disguises himself and his tactics, assuming the guise of an angel of light. Well, that's some wisdom on spiritual warfare. Let's go ahead and read our passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. I wish you would put up with a little foolishness from me. Yes, do put up with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, because I promised you in marriage to one husband to present a pure virgin to Christ. But I fear that, as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may be seduced from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if a person comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we did not preach, or you receive a different spirit, which you had not received, or a different gospel, which you had not accepted, you put up with it splendidly. Now I consider myself in no way inferior to those super apostles, even if I am untrained in public speaking. I'm certainly not untrained in knowledge. Indeed, we have in every way made that clear to you in everything. Or did I commit a sin by humbling myself so that you might be exalted? because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge. I robbed other churches by taking pay from them to minister to you. When I was present with you and in need, I didn't burden anyone since the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my needs. I've kept myself and will keep myself from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be stopped in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows I do. But I will continue to do what I am doing in order to deny an opportunity to those who want to be regarded as our equals in what they boast about. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ, and no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, so it's no great surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will be according to their works. I repeat, Let no one consider me a fool, but if you do, at least accept me as a fool so that I can boast a little. What I'm saying in this matter of boasting, I don't speak as the Lord would, but as it were foolishly. Since many boast according to the flesh, I will also boast. For you being so wise, gladly put up with fools. In fact, you put up with it if someone enslaves you, if someone exploits you, if someone takes advantage of you, if someone is arrogant towards you, if someone slaps you in the face. I say this to our shame. We've been too weak for that. But in whatever anyone dares to boast, I'm talking foolishly, I also dare. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the descendants of Abraham? 
So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman here. I'm a better one, with far more labors, many more imprisonments, far worse beatings, many times near death. Five times I received the forty lashes minus one from the Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I've spent a night and a day in the open sea. On frequent journeys I faced dangers from rivers, Dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among false brothers. Toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing. Not to mention other things, there's also the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. Who's weak and I'm not weak? Who's made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If boasting is necessary, I will boast about my weaknesses. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, knows I'm not lying. In Damascus, a ruler under King Aretas guarded the city of Damascus in order to arrest me, so I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. Amen. Well, we will pick up that story that tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of September, which is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And it reads, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All right. Well, thanks for listening, friends. May the word of God dwell richly in you. Good day to you and Godspeed.